Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Inside the H Podcast. We are Houston everything, all the time. I'm your co-host, Ike Cuellar. You can find me on X, at Ike Cuellar. That's I-K-E-C-U-E-L-L-A-R. Right here with my partner, Kush. How you doing tonight, brother? Um, you ready to get into some Texans? Hey, man, you know, we, we always, in this podcast, we always ready about Ready to talk Texans, man. Football is king around here. So, you know, I'm going to let you get started, man. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. So the Houston Texans, um, from last game, Kush, we took an L, man. And um, from the way that the game went, it wasn't that bad of a game. But, you know, the final score was 21 to 19 with a, the Atlanta Falcons winning. And, um, you know, it was a little tough sledding for the Texans, man. Um, there was a lot of spots that we need to improve on, but let's start. Let's start with the obvious uh, player, C.J. Stroud. Uh, he was twenty of thirty-five on attempts for two hundred and forty-nine yards and one touchdown. And overall, Kush, I really thought that he had a decent game because when you think about it. We were able to move the ball and get it close to the red zone, right? Um, but in those situations, and there's going to be a lot of games like that, you have to try to, you know, punch it in at least for a touchdown or two. We had four field goals in this game. We didn't score a touchdown until the fourth quarter. So I thought that was pretty much the game because – um. You know, they won by a field goal. And if you get a touchdown and at least one or two of the drives, now you put the pressure on them. It's a total different game. Um, what do you think, like, stood out? Like, what's uh, one of our weaknesses, Kush, that you saw from the game? Well, I think this this offense, so far this year, has not been able to get touchdowns. They, you know, settle for field goals instead of touchdowns. I mean – in this particular game against the Falcons, like uh, I'm gonna have to give credit to the to the Falcons defense, especially the pass rush, because they were and they're they, they might not have been able to get sacks, but they were getting to CJ Stroud. There was, you know, we know how good he's been about not turning the ball over. He had he had one play where he almost made a bad decision, you know, pre pressure in his face, uh, threw the ball away almost. So, you know. We know that C.J. Stroud has been really good in that aspect, but we also know that he's a rookie, rookie quarterback and he's not perfect. So, you know, he almost turned it over, but he didn't turn over, which credit to him. Um, but, yeah, man, the pass rush for the Falcons was really good. Uh, the secondary uh, played very well for them, um, especially in the red zone. Like we were, like you said, we were able to move the ball, but we just couldn't punch it in the end zone. The run game, you know, again, really did not, we didn't really see uh, Damian Pierce really start to get going in this game, and so their CJ Stroud was forced to pass a lot. So, yeah, think, I'm gonna yeah, go ahead. I'm gonna go off on that in a bit about our running game, man, because it's, right now it's just atrocious, and uh, we really need to do something about it. But go ahead and finish, Kush. But yeah, like I was saying, man, the run game we couldn't get it going, and to me, whenever we we whenever whenever we get that run game going, it. Usually, it really doesn't have to translate into yards and touchdowns and all that stuff, but 
if they if they're able to run the ball, right? If they're able to get yards on the ground, then you know that makes uh your offense more unpredictable on the next play, right? But they Correct. really weren't they they really weren't able to do that in this game. I will say in the last game against the Steelers, the reason one of the reasons they're really successful was when they got into that red zone, like they, you know, they pounded the rock, they ran the ball, you know. Uh, whenever he threw that first touchdown pass in the last game, play action pass off the run, right, to Nico Collins in the end zone. They really couldn't do that this game because they just couldn't run the ball. Yeah, facts, man. And before I forget, man, let me give credit to C.J. Stroud because, like I said before, Kush, this is officially a C.J. Stroud stand podcast. All positive things, C.J. Stroud right here. Man, you guys got to tune in for that because we're going to push that agenda from the rookie, man, from C.J. Shroud. He's a star uh, quarterback, and hopefully we have him here for a long time. But one of the few bright spots we had uh, in that game was Dalton Schultz, man. He finally got going. He got a connection with C.J., and a lot of that was in that last drive, right, when he caught him for a touchdown. He was catching, you know, two or three passes. Um, You know, the guy had seven receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown, so well, that's pretty solid, you know, from a, from your tight end there, especially in the last drive to go up ahead when that's what you needed to do. And, you know, th- it's hilarious because I was talking this game about this game with my brothers, and it's really like this is one of those games that reminded me of the game of Madden. And it's really whoever has the ball last wins the game when time runs out. Because when you're playing Madden, you're gonna play to try to win that game. You don't, you're not gonna try to kick a field goal and tie it or whatever. I know we're only up two or one, and that's what it was. I mean, it was it was the last team who had the ball, and the defense couldn't get a stop. Right, and I don't knock the defense there that much, man, because they were probably gas at that time. And I don't know if you remember Kush, but that. Stadium was rocking. It was so loud. You know, the commentators kept talking about it during the game. You could hear it. They were ready for their team, man. They were rooting. It was so loud in there. So they had a big impact on that, too. But let's get to the running game, man, because so far this year, we have shown that we are not a running team. And I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's some of the injuries or we're moving guys around, but, you know, we paid a lot of these guys, these offensive linemen, a lot of money, and you're not seeing the results for it, right, in terms of the running game. And, you know, Damian Pierce picking up yards um, like he did last year. I really thought he did better last year, you know, just in these first games that we've seen so far. I really think he did better last year than this year. And, um you know, we have to figure out, you know, a different scheme or something that's going to be a little bit more productive because it's not happening for us. Right now, we're a pass first and like a, a pass only team. And in a lot of ways, that's good for CJ because it makes him look good, you know, when he's moving the ball downfield with basically no running game when you think about it. And that's no knock on Damian Pierce, just we all know that he's a, a great running back. 
but you know, it's the offense and the offensive line. Like, what are we doing? Let's let's try to you know change some play calls. Let's do something different. Be creative because now your quarterback has to throw mainly on every play, and you really don't want that to happen, man. You kind of want to uh, protect them when you have a good running football team. You know, you just save your quarterback, man. You save him from injury. You save him from being in those pressure situations where he's risking it. And when he starts to run, right, we don't want that guy running uh, all the time because we have no running game. So that's one thing that I really think we have to improve moving forward because so far it's not showed up. Uh, Kush, it was a little bit of it was shown in the Steelers game, but a lot of those runs were – you know, running in the out to the outside. Maybe, maybe we need to do, do that more. You know what I'm saying? Um, but we need to figure it out, man, for the running game because uh, it's not working out. And like you said, whenever you get down there and you don't score touch, it's all field goals. You're gonna be in close games, like in the fourth quarter. You know, and these these teams are way too good. Uh, for them not to be kind of, you know, right there with you with a tied game in the fourth quarter. And you just need to take advantage of those opportunities as much as you can because, I mean, that their quarterback really could. He wasn't that good, to be honest, right? And um, But he was able to get the job done and get the kicker, you know, good field uh, position for him to, to win the game at the end. Um what did you think about the defense, man? Because I thought the defense, for the most part, when you think about it, you know, in terms of the points that were scored, they did all right. You know, they didn't break. They were bending a lot, you know, in terms of, like, the coverage and everything. But when you look at the score, they really didn't break, right? So what did you think about the defense overall, Kush, for that game? I thought the defense played well, Um like you said, they they bended, but they didn't really break. They didn't let they didn't let the game get out of hand early. Uh, kept them in the game a little bit. But you know, you just talked about Desmond Ritter. You said before this game, we all were like, okay, Desmond Ritter, you know, he's a, he's a young quarterback. You know, we think we can beat him. But to me, I think he played well. I think the, I think the uh, Falcons' offensive game plan uh, was really good and it worked. And I'll I'll say this. Uh, we're talking about Kyle Pitts, tight end, right, for the Falcons. Before this game, there were rumors that they're trying to trade him, like he was on the chopping block. Um, you know, he he wasn't getting the ball that much. But to me, th- this guy is a freaking matchup nightmare, and you saw it in that game, man. Third downs, he was getting getting the football. Like you match, he got matched up against a linebacker one time. Like it was no chance the linebacker was going to win that matchup. You put a corner on him. The corner's too small. He's too big. He can just catch the ball right up, right up over the top of him. Uh, so I think to me, Kyle Pitts showed that if you get him the ball, he's he can be a playmaker. He can he can uh, catch that ball against anybody in this league, man. So he really hurt them. I think the tight ends really hurt him. They ran the little uh, the the play action boot. Uh, he rolled out. Uh, you know the the tight end kind of. Blocked the line, blocked the de- the defensive end, and kind of, kind of went out, and caught the ball. They got beat by that play time and time and time again on defense. So, I'm gonna give the Falcons' offense credit. I think 
we all we all really <laughs> discredited Desmond Ritter, you know, as a quarterback of the Falcons. But I thought he played pretty well. Uh, at the end of the day, he made enough plays to beat you. So uh, props to Desmond Ritter. Um, but I really think our defense kept us in the game. Like we forced a few field goals there early. Um, our offense obviously couldn't score touchdowns, but it's just one of those games that, like, when you look when you look back, it's like, man, if you would have got if you would have made one more play in the end zone, two more plays here, three more plays there, you might have won that game. This is one of those games that, like, we might be looking back at and we're like, damn, man, we should have fucking won this game. Yeah, man, because you know, speaking of um, Cal Pitts, it sucks that it. It had to happen this game, but one person in this podcast benefited from that and then fantasy. So I'm you know, I'm not really too mad about that. I'm mad that we lost, but really that they really didn't know how to use him the whole year. And this is the game where, you know, he played well and it sucks that it was this game, but your your boy here got a W because of it. So that's the the good thing about fantasy, man. You know, your team might lose, but you know you're winning in fantasy, and you might win money that week. You know what I'm saying? Depending on how your league is built. But yeah, I agree, man. He did play well. Like I'm just a hater, right? Like whenever we lose, I'm in a bad mood. I'm a hater. I'm cranky and shit. So <laughs> he did play well, man. The quarterback played well, but when you when you look at it, if you really when you get to the red zone, you know, I'm talking about our offense and score touchdowns early. That's where you start to put pressure on them and they have to make plays and difficult throws are like, you know, they have to move the, the ball down the field fast because they're forced to throw more, especially if they're down like two scores or three scores. But obviously that's not how the game went, but, you want to always like make sure that you're you're putting your your offense in a position to score on every drive. And we we were down there cushed a lot of times and didn't take advantage. We were getting field goals, but like you know, in this league, man, if you're not scoring touchdowns. They're going to hang around the whole game. And then, you know, what happens at the end, they come back, kick a field goal, and you lose because you just didn't take advantage of the opportunities when you're down there. Or it might have been a penalty or two, or you have a, you know, bad play call down there, and now you're in a bad spot, and you either have to punt the ball or kick a field goal. But overall, I think CJ Shroud did a, a decent job, you know, um, in terms like of being on the road, man, those are game, those are hard games to win, man. Especially when they're the fans are like that loud. So I don't put too much on him, but still I don't want to just give him too much credit either because we still lost a game, right, Kush? So there's always things that we can improve on, um, especially uh on offense. A lot of the receivers, man, we, we didn't do shit. And we have to, you know, just try to stay consistent. I know a lot of the guys are young. We're rookies. But once we get those guys to be a little consistent and get something out of the running game, I think we'll be in good shape. So our next opponent, Kush, 
It's the New Orleans Saints on Sunday here at NRG. Um, give me your prediction, man. What do you think about the matchup? I think the Saints another another really good defense that CJ Stroud and the offense have to have to face. Um, you know, based on the past two weeks, uh, I really don't know what to expect from this offense. Week three against the Steelers at home, we just offensively everything was working. They couldn't stop us. Last week we we're moving the ball, couldn't score touchdowns. So I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you, I really don't know what to expect from our offense. But uh, defensively, I think. I think each week defensively we've kind of seen what this defense is going to be, right? Like they're they're not going to be a like a really super aggressive defense. They're going to sit back in zone. You know, the, uh, teams are probably going to move the ball on us, but we 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 stiffen up in the red zone, right? I think that's the type of defense that we're going to see from this team uh, moving forward. So I expect to see that kind of defense from us against the Saints. Uh, you know, Tech, New Orleans, uh, and Houston. There's a lot of a lot of Saints fans in Houston, so yeah, yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of black and gold and NRG this Sunday, unfortunately. But I think it's gonna, it's, it's going to be a fun game. I don't think it's going to be a defensive game. I think it's going to be an up and down offensive game. I think the offense will get back on track this week. Uh, I'll say C.J. Stroud goes interception less again this week. No turnovers from him. I'll say C.J. Stroud has a coming out game. He's going to score three touchdowns this week. So I'm going to say 38 to 27, 38-27 Texans. Wow, that's that's a pretty high-scoring game there, Kush. I like I like the, the positivity there, brother. Um, I really think, you know, because we have D'Amico Ryans as our head coach, um, you can tell from some of the other games where he makes the adjustments – where they really make a difference and impacts, you know, the game plan for that week. That's one of the great things about him is that he's one of the coaches that he knows what the league is doing, the, the different new creative things that the, the teams are doing now, and he knows how to adjust and put the guys in a better position to make plays, right? And I'm talking specifically more about the defense because I really feel like he knows how to, you know, like hide some of the blitzes and disguise different looks and get guys, you know, not to to not pay attention to their assignment. And we're getting sacks, turnovers, interceptions. For some strange reason, I have a feeling we are going to get at least two picks this Sunday against the Saints. And that can also be because their quarterbacks are not that good. And the reason I say quarterbacks is because a lot of times they use Taysom Hill in there to, you know, as a running back. And just know, I'm sure he knows this, when he's in the game, he's running. So just go ahead and stack the box. He might you know, make a couple of throws here and there. But when he's in the game, he's running the ball. You know, he is uh, basically one of their running backs. And, you know, he's a big old, big old dude. But I think that whenever you play against a quarterback like Derek Carr, 
I'm not sure if he's injured or not, if he's going to play this game, but he doesn't scare me, Kush. Uh, Derek Carr doesn't scare me. He does have, you know, the arm to make some of the big plays downfield, but a lot of those plays are like Hail Marys. That's the only thing that I remember from him, you know, as a player consistently is just, you know, Hail Mary plays and trying to, you know, convert on those, but in terms of consistency and being a good quarterback, he's not that. You know, I think a lot of us would agree on that. Um, if not, I think he would have still been with the Raiders. But, you know, a lot of players just need, like, a change of scene sometimes or a different system to, to be better and more effective. But, you know, I, I'm not scared of Derek Carr at all or the Saints. I do think they, they have a good defense, Kush. So I don't think we'll score that many points. I think we'll score roughly around 21 or 28 points. So I got the score as 28 to 21 with the Texans winning. And, uh, you know, their defense is pretty, pretty legit. And, uh, you know, I can't wait because I have a lot of friends, man, that are Saints fans. You know, like you said earlier, here they live here in Houston. And, uh, you know, for the most time, they're good vibes, bro. Like, I get along way better with these fans than, like, the fucking Cowboy fans or, like, you know, um, some other obnoxious teams uh, like the Steelers, you know, Steeler fans. Um, the Saints fans are always good vibes to me, bro. They've, they've always shown love. Uh, but, you know, on Sunday, they're going to want to kick your ass, man. That's, that's how the game goes, and that's how it should be. So, you know, really excited uh, for Sunday to see how, you know, CJ makes his adjustments as well. And what can we get from this running game? What can we do to improve this? Because with some of the things that we want to do in this offense, that has to be the number one priority is getting that run established and getting it to be effective to, you know, picking up like these first downs, man, like, keeping the ball for a long period of time. I think when you do that and you limit the turnovers, you always give your uh, a chance, you know, a good a good chance to win the game. But I will say, for some strange reason, I hope he doesn't. But because their defense is good, they might get a pick, bro. And, and it might not be CJ who throws. It might be Singletary like he did last time where he threw it. But I think – you know their defense is pretty good, man. So we'll see, we'll see the adjustments that that we make on both sides of the ball, and uh, I can't wait for Sunday. Yeah, and like the the thing you're talking about with CJ throwing a pick, like I think eventually it's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah fast. Because, like it's 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 insane to expect him to not ever throw a pick, right? Like that's just not gonna happen as the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. But I think he's I think he's proven through four. Through four week, four or five weeks, however long it's been, I lost count, man. But I think he's proven his time in the NFL so far that when he does throw that pick, it's not going to be one of those things that it's going to bother him for the next drive or anything like that. He's the type of guy that is going to turn the page and just keep going out there and trying to make plays. So, you know, it, you know, it's going to happen. It's just you just let once it happens, just flush it and. He's, I mean, we know this. He's going to go straight to the next play, and he's just going to ball out. Facts. 
And let me share this stat with you guys, man. I thought that was really interesting what I saw the other day. Um, they have – they're comparing – and I know stats don't tell the whole story, man. I know it's two different things, and that was a long time ago. But just look at the numbers real quick, man. Listen to this. So in the first five starts of Peyton Manning's career, he had 225 yards – for four touchdowns, and listen to this, 12 interceptions. We're talking about 12 interceptions. Compared to CJ, who has 292 yards, seven touchdowns, and zero interceptions. That's pretty impressive, right, Kush? Yeah, I mean, the numbers speak for, for themselves, right? Like... What he what he's been able to do, just not turning the ball over as a rookie quarterback. Like at this point of the season, it's it's getting to the point where, you know, the the CJ Stroud haters really can't say anything because he's like not only is he breaking records, like he's not turning the ball over. He's not making bad decisions with the ball in his hand. Like if people want to use the argument that. You know, oh, he's got Nico Collins, he's got Tank Dell, he's got good receivers. That's actually funny because be, before the before we even drafted CJ Stroud, people were comparing like you know what situation is better for a rookie quarterback to go in. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the Panthers as an example just because they got Bryce Young first pick, right? People were saying we're the worst situation in the NFL. But now CJ's doing all these things, and now, like, the narrative has changed, right, to where people are like, oh, but the Texans have this, the Texans have a coach, the Texans have that. But but weren't you guys just saying that before the season that we were the worst? So I think, like, p- people have to give credit to CJ Stroud because what he's doing is freaking amazing, man. Like, we haven't seen this from any rookie quarterback since, like, he's he's been mentioned with names like Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, those types of guys, Hall of Fame guys, man, as a rookie. He's he's about to play his fifth game in the NFL. So I don't think you can take what he's doing lightly. Like, he's playing really, really well. He's going to have a bad game. Like, that's going to happen as it does to any NFL quarterback. But what he's doing right now is just crazy. And let me say that again because I, I, didn't, I didn't say it right. That's 292 yards that he's averaging per, per game. That's what I meant to say. So Payne Manning averaged 225 yards per game for his five starts, and CJ is averaging 292 yards per game. Payne Manning had four touchdowns. CJ so far has seven with zero interceptions. That's pretty impressive, man. Like when you look at it, Payne Manning's Hall of Famer. I know it's just five games. It doesn't say everything about the whole year or what type of player CJ is going to turn out to be just in five games. But when you look at some of the records, like you said, that he's been, you know, uh, breaking already as a rookie with the accuracy and not turning the ball over, you know, it's so freaking impressive, man. So, you know, I can't wait to see what he does against the Saints. Because it's going to be here at home. NRG is going to be rocking. And we cannot wait for that. 
Yeah, man, and I want to I want to end the Texans uh, talk with this right here, man. Um, I think after the game last week against the Steelers, people were very very high on the Texans as far as like, okay, you know, we didn't think we we're gonna win this early, but hey, you know what? We might like it might be coming way earlier than than uh, we thought. But I think we have to remember like this is a week to week league. If if nothing else tells you that, just look at last last week against the Steelers. Last week against the Steelers, a couple weeks ago, I mean, against the Steelers, how good we looked offensively. And then the next week, we couldn't score touchdowns, right? Like, different opponents each week. Like, it's a week-to-week league. I mean, just look at the teams around the NFL that are that we expected to be good, like the Cincinnati Bengals, Joe Burrow, right? That kind of tells you that nothing's, like, nothing is guaranteed in the NFL, man. Like, yeah, you got to go and get it each week. You got to... You gotta beat your opponent each week. Like nothing is given to you each week. I don't think they're gonna uh, start winning like we want them to this year. But even just four games in, we see steps, right? We see little baby steps with them getting better each week. So I think, as Texans fans, I think that's what we should be looking at, right? Like, are we getting better each week? And so far, I think we, from week one to now, I think we've improved a lot. Oh yeah, facts, man. For sure, we've been improving. Um... Each week, like you said, and you, you gotta. I said this on the last episode. If you hang around and you you hang around five hundred ball, right, Kush, um, with with the record being five hundred, and you focus a little bit more on the division games, you don't. You never know what can happen there at the end. Hopefully, everybody stays healthy, but you're in the race right there. You might. Tennessee or the Colts, they got to play the same teams that we do. So you never know what's going to happen this week. They play each other. So that's going to be interesting to see because I think the winner out of that is first place in the division. But you just want to stay around, hang around there, the 500 ball. And then when the division games come, take care of business, man. So we still got a shot, man. But, um, yeah, man, that's going to be it for our Texans talk. Okay, so now let's get into my favorite team, the Houston Rockets. We are back. We're ready to go. Let's get this shit rolling. Man, I'm so excited about this year, Kush. We got a new coaching regime with Ime Udoka as the head coach. And from everything leading up to these preseason games, you know, in training camp, you just saw and heard, you know, Everything that is just a breath of fresh air for us Houston Rocket fans. Uh, when you hear, you know, he wants all the players to be well-rounded players in every area. You hear the emphasis on defense. You hear about how Amon Thompson stood out in training camp. This is beautiful, man. This is right where you want to be you know, in terms of a rebuilding team. And looking at these two preseason games that we've had so far, you see why people are excited, Kush. The defense is there. And specifically when you look at the transition defense, man, because a lot of times, I mean, when you talk about defense from – even these, you know, just these two preseason games to last year, it's like night and day. You know, it's not always about just getting the steal 
or the block. You know, a lot of times you just want to be in position to contest a shot, to help your teammate when he gets beat. You know, things like that, to be in the passing lane, to communicate. It's all those little details that you want to be ready for when you're playing defense. And you look at the game tonight that we played the Pelicans. We destroyed them with our defense. In the first quarter, we forced them to 10 turnovers. And I think by halftime, it was 20. And that's really what I feel like our identity is going to be of this team is our defense because everybody is going to be committed because of our head coach and because of the type of players that we have. Um, we know that, you know, Alpin Shingun struggled a little bit last year um, on defense, but this year you could tell now, you know, that he's stepping it up and he's holding his own. Um, what's something that stands out to you, Coach? Like, what gets you excited about, you know, this year's Houston Rockets team? Well, uh, first of all, you talked about defense. I think Fred Van Vliet is the tone setter on defense. He's the guy that makes makes a go. He's, I mean, you know, I didn't, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch every single second of both these games. Uh, I saw a few plays here, a few plays there. But one, but one of the things I saw is that Fred Van Vliet, you know, he's a tone setter on defense. He's a leader. He's already the leader of this team, um, you know. Some can argue that Jalen Green, you know, probably needs to step up and be that leader. But I think Fred Van Vliet is going to help him in that regard because he's been there. He's won a championship. He knows what it takes to win. And so I think that alone will really help this team. But, you know, as as far as defense, like, bro, this is the preseason. I, I saw this man give, like, great effort defensively, which as far as, like, winning-wise, that tells me – a lot that a lot what I need to know about what this team like actually wants to do and what's what they want to accomplish this season is like they're not trying to only win 20 games a year this this season again for the fourth straight time right like they want to fucking win games uh and I think they're gonna make they're gonna take steps into doing that and one of the other things that stood out to me man is Amin Thompson is fucking ridiculous with his athleticism, yeah, man. The guy's sick, bro. Uh, we talked about this off the off the show. Like that dunk that he that he had tonight was just crazy. Like outside of the of Jalen of Jalen Green, Javari Smith Jr. last year, we didn't have a guy that could do that last year. Now we have Amin Thompson. He can he can score. Uh, he's so quick off the dribble, like. I'm getting very, really, really excited about this team offensively, man. Like, I can't wait to see what these guys do in the regular season. Uh, and the third thing I want to say is the growth of Sangoon, man. Um, if you guys know anything about me, like Sangoon's rookie year, I was like, man, this guy's going to be really good. So much so that at the last game of the season, uh, I bought a Sangoon jersey. Now it was right. 40% off, you know. I like to save a little bit, but a little bit of money, you know, here and there. But you know, nah, I, you gotta I got, get it, bro. I got you gotta the get it. jersey. You know what I mean? Facts, I facts. Sangoon jersey. So I'm really excited to see his growth uh, this year, especially under Ime Udoka, and just I want to know your thoughts on like based on these two preseason games, like 
what stuck out to you the most, first of all, and uh, what do you think about you know Sangoon Sangoon's growth, and what do you think he's gonna, what do you think he's gonna look like this year? Like, do you think he's gonna be border like borderline all all star? Because as far as big men go, like in today's NBA, there's it's not as stacked as it was when like we were growing up, right? Like, so if he really reaches that ceiling this year. Do you think he could be an all-star? Oh, definitely, man, because I think the way Yudoka is really going to use him from the, and just from the looks of these two preaching games, it's going to be really creative, and it's going to let him have more spacing to himself. He already gave him a green light to shoot more threes, and when I went to the game on Tuesday – there was a couple possessions where he pump fake and he was scared to shoot because he was used to, you know, the, his previous head coach telling them not to or not giving him the green light when he is more than capable of making that three. And I remember I was with my buddy uh, Judson. Uh, sh shout out to Judson, man. That's my homeboy right there. One of the OG Rocket fans, man. Real good guy. Um he was pump faking every time he was open, and we're getting mad. We're like, fuck, man, shoot the ball. So the one time he shot the three, he made it without hesitating, and that's what we want. That's the kind of confidence we need from him because he's pretty much going to be one of our leaders like he was last year, and I think he's also going to help out Jabari Smith a lot because of the spacing and because – of Jabari's ability to make the three-point shot, you know, they're both going to help each other out, man. I feel like Shingun is a, is a great passer. So, you know, the, the guys are going to benefit the most are guys like Jalen and Jabari Smith, man. So they're perfect, you know, for each other, complementing each other. But let me elaborate on Fred a little bit, man, that you were talking about earlier. I love him as a point guard, you know, experienced guy, when you look at some of the things that he's already done, man, like Fred understands the assignment. He understands what he needs to do to make this offense go. If that means, you know, as soon as you cross half court, give the ball up and start running off the ball, then that's what, it, you know, that's what you got to do. And that's how you set the example for the young guys. You know, it's not about one person. It's not about you scoring all the time we have to generate good looks in the offense to keep the defense guessing make them work don't let them sit around watch you dribble you know for long a long time in the shot clock you know move the ball right away as soon as you cross half court get the guys involved go sit off screen he's really good at that and i'm just really impressed with him man because he knows when to shoot He's a pretty decent shooter. Not a great shooter, but he's pretty decent, uh, you know, mid-range and three-pointers. So we can count on him to, to lead those young guys and set that example for them. And I'm telling you, just right now, so far, man, it's like night and day from last year's team. And it's so exciting to watch. But I will say that I do like the lineup when him and Amon Thompson – are in at the same time because now you got two guys that you have to worry about in the perimeter that are 
you know, really intelligent guys. And I'm not going to lie, man, when I saw Amon Thompson at the game on Tuesday, because he's six foot seven, Kush, that motherfucker is huge, bro. For a point guard, um, he's so athletic and he was making some ridiculous passes, um, like no look passes down there. And you, you talked about it earlier, the dunk that he had earlier. When I saw that dunk, the first thing I thought about was Kobe Bryant, man. RIP to him. He had a dunk like that similar um, against uh, Minnesota. I think it was it was on Kevin uh, Garnett that he had it on. But it looked just like the dunk. I mean, I think most of us will say Kobe's dunk was way better. But Amen Thompson jumped from the other side of the rim and just smash that thing down, man. Like, it was incredible, you know, athleticism that he showed there. And it's not just on that end. It's also on the defensive end that you have to worry about this guy because he's everywhere, you know, getting those steals, deflections, helping out when he needs to. So, man, I'm telling you, this year, Kush, I, I really have the prediction at about – 34 to 35 wins this year, depending on how it goes. Now, is that good enough to get you into a playing spot? We'll see. But I feel like that's my prediction, you know, you know, in wins that we'll get this year, about 34, 35 wins and, and see what happens from there. Because a lot of times that can be good enough for a playing uh, position or a chance to make you know the eight seed or seven seed, so we'll see what happens, man. But um, even another bright spot that was on the team that we saw these two preseason games is Cam Whitmore. The guy has shined, you know, all through the summer league, and I, I believe him winning the MVP of summer league has really transitioned through training camp and to this preseason now. Because he's showing that out there on the court, man. I'm not saying he's going to be the star right away or get a lot of minutes, but the guy definitely has a knack for scoring the basketball. And he hustles on the defensive end. That's exactly the type of player that Ime Yudoka loves. And even his dunk today, bro. He caught an alley. I think it was with one hand and just flushed it in there. That shit was nasty. Um, when I went to the game on Tuesday, I was in my section, you know, sitting in my seat, and my boy Cos was there. Shout out to my boy Cos, man. He's a really good dude. Um, for pregame warm-ups, Cam went up there, threw an alley to himself off the backboard, and and just, like, walked the rim. In warm-ups, bro, like, this is like a slam dunk contest dunk. And me and Cos were looking at each other like, what the fuck just happened? Like, why? Why be this aggressive in the pregame warm-ups, bro? Like, he, anything around the rim, he's dunking. Uh, so beware. Any, any centers out there? You know, I know they're going to try to block everything. But Cam is looking for violence, man, when he goes down there. He's going to dunk the shit out the basketball, and he got the hops to do it. In another dunk on Tuesday, he caught it like off a drop step and just rose up two hands. Like it was, it was ridiculous, man. Like, it, what's 
I wanted to ask you, Kush, like, what's one of the things that you were most impressed with, you know, Cam Whitmore's game? Like, what do you like about him the most? Well, the thing I love about him the most is, like, this man, like, when he gets that ball, you, you're not going to get it back, man. He's not going to pass you the ball. He's going to yeah. score. Like, he's a, he comes in there, like, he knows that he can score. He knows that he's a walking bucket, so he just, he just plays his game, and, you know, that's his role. Like, and I think uh, if he – I don't know – I don't know enough to say if he's going to, like, be a part of the regular rotation, the regular season or not. But if he does, like, if they do go to him off the bench, like, he can come in and he can score. Like, he can be a scorer for you right away because he can shoot the three. He can dunk. He's got moves to uh, – he got, he's got that little step back three that he made the other night. Yeah, bro, and that was so, crazy. Yeah, man. So this guy, he can score. We – we we've been knowing that from the summer league, from you know when he played in college, which is the reason that we drafted him uh, at number twenty, I think. And yeah, bro. And so, the fact we got him, Kush. The fact we got him at twenty is fucking ridiculous, bro. We yeah. got Amon Thompson and fucking Cam at twenty. Like steal the steal the draft, man. Steal the draft. Yeah, the the total steal the draft. And all the teams that passed up on him, man, like, they're seeing what they missed out on. And I remember the moment where we found out he got drafted. Man, we lost our minds in the, the draft party, man. Like, it, it was, like, a special moment because we were looking at him with the number four pick, Kush. We were thinking about drafting him at number four, and we got both of them. So, it, I mean – it that's just like something that doesn't happen a lot. But like you said earlier, you know, to me it depends really what happens with Jay Sean Tate and like his rotation minutes. Um, I think we might try to trade him a little bit later. Hopefully, now that you see what you're working with with Cam Whitmore, I know it's only two games, guys. I know, but the guy man, I, can I can score. tell I can tell you're hyped up right now, man. You got a lot of yeah, right man. Now. Like I, man, I I love this shit right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I cannot <laughs> stop talking about my squad, bro. Like, we're here. I've been waiting for this shit all year, and we're finally here. So make sure you guys go out there and support them, man. This is going to be a fun season. And I don't want to forget about Jabari Smith, man. He has looked great these two preseason games. Uh, some of the summer league stuff also has transitioned, and he's also balling again, man. So – He's going to do him like he's going to continue to do good, especially with the way, you know, um, Alpern Shingun's going to be playing out there. He's going to be the main guy who benefits from that because of Shingun's uh, great passing ability. And, I mean, he's going to cook. We know what Jalen can do. Um, I think his third-year leap is coming this year. So many guys, because so many guys have so many things to prove this year and to be honest man i really think that like on the low that jabari is probably going to be the best player on the team maybe i'll make some some people mad when i say that but the way that he was playing in the summer league and you know he's gotten bigger over the summer hitting the weight room i really think that he's going to be one of our best player if not the best player on our team you know, uh, it's so many guys. I mean, we could sit here and talk about everybody. Tari Eason, he was balling. He's got bigger. 
Like, he was making his three tonight from the corner. If he can do that, we're going to be scary, man. And let me say another thing. Bro, today, tonight, I saw a cross-court pass. When I saw that, I almost cried because I was crying joys of tear. I haven't seen a cross-court skip pass in like three years since we had Anto- Mike D'Antoni probably. It, it was, The way we're looking right now, we look like a real team. We look like we're playing a, a, a different brand of basketball that is all about defense, man, and I'm so fucking excited. Um, what are your prediction on the amount of wins that we get this year? Because I had mine at 34, 35. Do you think that's a realistic, or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, if we go from – I mean, how how many games did we win last year? Like 20-something? Yeah, it was around – 20-something, right? Yeah. So if we go to 20-something to 34, 35, like, that's a big jump, right? It and is. It's improvement, yeah. If this like if if we win enough games to get into the play-in or even possibly the playoffs, um, Ime Udoka's got to be coach of the year, man. Because to improve this team that much, like we knew that this team had talent last year. It's just everything around them was crashing down, right? But I think like. The narrative that, like, the Rockets are just suck this year, like, they're going to suck again, and they're not going to get any better. I think that's a stupid narrative because Ime Doka is a proven coach in this league. I mean, just based on the last two game, preseason games that we saw, like, you can see the improvements in the little things that they've been doing and been working on the just these two games based on, like, the entire year last year. And so, to me, like, uh, comparing them with the, like, the, Texans organization, right? We talked about like mm-hmm. they finally have a coach, right? Yeah. They're finally gonna like they're finally going to get better now. They're finally gonna start making those steps to become a better team and start winning games. So I think I think you're gonna see improvement in wins this year, right? Like last year we talked about we may not see the improvement in wins, just um that type of thing. But this year I think you're gonna see improvement wins. You're gonna see improvement on the court. And I'm just really excited to see these guys play, man. Like, we have so much young, raw talent on this team that um, I think Ime Udoka is the perfect coach to just bring that all together and uh, hopefully take this team uh, to the plan this year, man. Because, we, you know, we saw, we saw what the Sacramento Kings did last year. I mean, they made the playoffs for the first time in, like, probably since I was in, like, fucking – Seventh, seventh or eighth grade, man. Like so, yeah. Facts. It's not like it's not impossible. It's just they have to make those steps to improve, which I think, like, I think they're going to do. And then another thing that was really refreshing to see was how everybody was touching the ball, man. Like everybody was playing together. Everybody was about somebody about passing the ball to getting somebody else a better shot. Even in transition, when we were on fast breaks, we made like three or four passes and got Shingun to dunk, a wide-open dunk, uh, like super easy points, and everybody was happy because everybody's involved. That's the kind of vibes and energy that you want on your team. And credit to the coach, man. Like what a hire that was 
to get that guy to come coach this team, man, because like I tell you, man, from last year and just with these two games, it's night and day. These are totally different teams. And I also, I don't want to forget about Dylan Brooks. You know what I'm saying? That guy on Tuesday when we played the Pacers, he got ejected like super early in the game because he hit uh, Daniel Ties in the growing area. And, you know, they showed the replays, so he got him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to sit here and lie and be biased about it because I am pretty biased when it comes to the Houston Rockets, but he got Daniel Tice in the growing area. So, and he got fined, I think it was $25,000 for it. But this is what he does. Like, this is who he is. And this is sometimes what your team needs. Not that action. I'm not talking about that action, but the tone setter on defense. So just let them guys know, like, you try to set a pick on me, you're going to feel it, right? I'm going to come, you know, knock you over, and it's not going to be easy no more. We're not the same Houston Rockets that we were the last two, three years. It's going to be hard when you come to Houston and play the Houston Rockets. So I love that. I love his mentality. At first, I wasn't happy about it because of the stuff that he was doing last year, but he's one of those players that, you hate him when you're playing against him, but you love him when he's on the team. Those guys like Patrick Beverly, even like Chris Paul. Man, I fucking hated Chris Paul before he came to the Rockets. You know what I'm saying? Like, all he did was flop against us, and he used to work every single time. But when he's on the team, he makes a big difference, bro. And he's going to help a lot of these guys on defense. And I think the guy who's going to benefit the most from that mentality is Tari Eason, which, you know, he's already a good defender. But I think when Dylan kind of shows him the ropes and lets him know, you know, the things to look out for, I think he's going to get even better. And Tari's already a monster, dog. Like, you've seen it. Like, he's bigger. He came to camp bigger this year. He's making his threes now. Now he's, like, trying to dunk everything around the rim. So everything – it's looking good, Kush, and I'm just like, I'm so excited about what's going to ha happen this year. And our next two preseason games, guess who we play? Late on me, who do we play? We play the Spurs in back-to-back -back games, bro, oh, man, in San Antonio. Gonna, hey, that's that's going to be a, a movie. Uh, uh, it's going to be a lot of drama <laughs> with the whole Wemby stuff. Yes, sir. It's and let me say this. But I can't wait, man. Yeah, let me say this, too. I am a fucking Wemby hater. I'll say it right here. Fuck Wemby. Like, is he going to be good? Probably so. But, like, once he did that fist pump and, like, was dissing the Rockets, he's dead to me, bro. Like, fuck him. I am a Wemby hater. You know what I'm saying? A Spurs hater by that, too. Like, I hated the Spurs for a long time. Uh, I got into it with them and their fans, like, several years ago. I will not talk about what, what I said on here, but it wasn't pretty. You know what I'm saying? And uh, it was ugly, but I don't like the motherfuckers, bottom line. Hey, hey guys, but, you heard it here first. Uh, Ike, certified Wemby hater. Uh, so, you know. Yes, sir. Just put put that on your chest, man. Put put on a sticker, put it on your chest, man. But I want to go yes. back to – I want to go back to Dylan Brooks, man. Like, mm -hmm. what do you think about that little nut shot? 
that he gave against the Pacers, man. Because to me, like, if I'm gonna be honest, if he was on the other team, he did that shit against me. I would grill his ass like we drill grill Draymond Green, you know, for doing that shit. Yeah. But I'm gonna be honest, like full 100% biased Rockets fan in me says, hey, if he's on my team, I don't give a fuck as long as he doesn't get ejected in the regular season. But like we we all know his reputation. Um, yeah. I just thought it was funny. Like they asked him about it after the game, and he was kind of like nonchalant about it. Now, and, and I was like, "Dude, man, you fucking nutshotted the guy. Like, come on, bro, you, you were gonna get ejected, Dylan. Come on. I mean, but that's but, why I call him Dylan the villain, man. So you know, facts. I mean, that's that's what I was talking about earlier. Like, that's who he is. That's what he does. Like, he's gonna get on other players' nerves. Is he dirty? Like, absolutely. Like, that's. That's what he brings to the team. He's gonna make the other best, the other team's best player get annoyed or hate him and try to get him out of his game. He said it before. If he can get somebody out of their game and have them more annoyed at him than anything and focusing on him, then he won the battle already. You know what I mean? So I'm not saying that. It's good that he hit him in the nuts, but like I wouldn't have done that. But that's what he does, and a lot of times he's just trying to set the tone for the defense, bro. And like we, when you look at it, we won that game. And I'm not saying it was because of him, but the defense was also really good against the Pacers that game. And you know, I, I can't wait to see some of the more. <laughs> Some more uh, of his antics, see what he does later on. Because really, when you look at it, man, it's entertainment, right? It's pretty, like, funny to see unless you're the one that's getting hit in the nuts. But <laughs> uh, it, I feel what you're saying, though. Like, it was a dirty play, but that's that's just who the guy is, bro. And, like, they if they want to, like, square him up, then, you know, that's what they need to do. And then they can handle their business that way, but. Yeah, He's I mean, part of the, it's, the rock it's, it's one of those things where, like, he knows that, like, that's the type of player that he is, you know? And, like, I'm pretty sure we've we've seen enough of Dylan Brooks to know that, like, that's any team he's on, that's going to be his role, right? Like, he's going to be the Draymond Green slash Lance Stevenson slash whoever, like, Ron Artest, whoever you want to use as an example. Like, that's the type of player that he's going to be on that team and, you know, he, like we talked about before, how I said Fred Van Vliet's a tone setter on defense. Like, I think he can be the type of player that when he comes in there, makes a good defensive play, you know, sometimes may make a little dirty play like he did mm -hmm. the other night. I think that's one of those things in, like, these close games that that can really get your teammates, like, hyped up and fired up. You know what I mean? So, I think he knows that, and that I think that's the type of that's the type of player that he's going to be for this team. Yeah, man, I, I feel that too, because you know we paid him a lot of money, so he just he needs to come here and do what he's good at, and that's you know what I'm saying that's part of it. But we also need to like keep him in line at the same time, and just like you know, it's preseason. Okay, you did that. You're gonna pay the fine, but let's like try to stay focused.
is because we need you on the court, right, Kush? Yeah, yeah. We, we need you, we need him on the court. I mean, we you know we in the can't have him leading start. the league in ejections during the regular season like that. Like if he if we want to fucking win games, like D- Dylan the villain. I know you're doing the villain, but you gotta tone it down a little bit. Just no no more nut shots. All right, no more nut shots. Yeah, f- facts. Don't take Draymond's spot and get ejected like a shitload of times through the regular season. That's Draymond's uh, job to do that. He's the, the motherfucker who's dirty. Now, that motherfucker, yeah, like, we need to jump his ass for real. <laughs> like the whole team. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, man, like, uh, another thing that that really stood out to me was the pick and roll of, you know, some of the starters that we have out there that's very effective with Fred and Shingun and also Jalen and Shingun that I saw, you know, when I went to the game on Tuesday. And you saw some of that tonight, too. Um, they really didn't – they weren't effective with that the last couple of years. But now when you get a point guard like Fred, you can always, like, rely on him that he's going to give you the ball uh, in a pick and roll because that's how it works. It doesn't work if you come off the pick and you just dribble the air out the ball. You know what I mean? Like it's called pick and roll for a reason. So like, again, that's another thing that Fred brings to the team, but I think that's another thing that Jalen is going to get better at this year. And he's going to have more space to work with that. So, you know, that's just a couple of things that I noticed from these games, man. Um, I think, you know, the sky's the limit for these guys, man. We're so talented, but you know how the West, the West is loaded and have a like bunch of good teams, man. It's all stacked, you know, from top to bottom. So it's not, nothing's going to be easy. You know what I'm saying? Nothing's going to be easy for us. Um, is there anything else you have, Kush? Anything else for the Rockets? Yeah. I think we covered uh, as much as we could cover based on two preseason and NBA games, man. So, you know, just yeah. looking looking forward to watching the Rockets again against the Spurs uh, next week. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more material for you guys uh, from my friend, Ike, the certified yeah. Wemby hater, man. So yes. Stay tuned definitely. for next week. Yes, please stay tuned for this content because <laughs> this shit is so – uh, exciting to be back for this NBA season, and uh, you know my team's gonna cook, man. I'm ready to go, ready for liftoff, like they said. Yeah, hashtag ready for liftoff, man. Let's get it. Let's go. But with that, man, we're gonna end it here. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you guys are subscribed to our podcast on Spotify and uh, Apple, and make sure you guys follow us on Twitter X. Um, at Inside the H Pod, uh, Kush, let them know where they can find you at, man. Uh, you guys can find me on my Twitter at at Christopher V Two. My new Twitter, guys. Uh, new phone, who this? New Twitter, all new, all new, everything. You know what I mean? Uh, so you know, we'll, we'll uh we'll stay tuned for next week, and we'll 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 catch you guys next week, man. Inside the H. And just just to say something real quick, Kush, we might have a little uh surprise for y'all. This weekend, man. So y- y'all stay tuned um, for some Astro stuff, man. We might have something big for y'all. Yeah, the Astros are doing a little, little something, some, some this weekend. So stay tuned. Possibly, maybe this weekend. Uh, keep, keep, keep that Apple Podcast up, man. So 
uh, we'll possibly have something for you guys this weekend. And with that being said, uh, we'll catch you guys, man, inside the H. Later, man. Peace.